Hey everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and this is my very first podcast titled Learn, Educate, Discover. In fact, today is the very first episode of the podcast. Yes, woohoo! I am super excited and I really hope that this podcast turns out to be a useful resource for all our listeners. Now, before I get into what this podcast is all about, let me briefly describe why I even started this podcast. So, I was actually job hunting some time back. Yes, I was job hunting. You know that really fun and absolutely stress-free exercise that anyone can undertake, right? No, of course not. I am a normal human being and uh therefore it wasn't fun at all. It was actually very stressful, not stress-free. And the reason it wasn't fun is because I wasn't very clear what I wanted to do next. Yes, I wasn't. And when I discussed this with a few of my friends and family members, that's when I realized that I am actually not alone in this dilemma. It's actually very interesting because uh if you take a look at the world today, on the one hand, there are a lot of very interesting things that people can do to make a living. I mean, there are people who are doing things like fortune cookie writing and uh making all kinds of crazy YouTube videos and uh traveling around the world and eating exotic food on TV. So really a lot of very fun and interesting stuff that you can do to make a living. But despite all of these options, you still have so many people today who aren't happy at work. And the reason they're not happy at work is because they simply don't enjoy what they do so much. So, uh I think that part of the problem, maybe not the full extent of it, but I think part of the problem is that I think for many of us, we simply aren't aware of all the options that are out there. I mean, your perfect job could be something that you didn't even know exists. And if you don't know that there's this great thing that exists, then how would you even work towards it? So, I think there's a little bit of an information gap that exists in terms of simply knowing what all is out there and uh even if you do know that there's this really great job that is an option you still might not understand it fully and what i mean by that is you might not really understand what does someone in that job actually do on a day-to-day basis what kind of problems do they solve what kind of people do they work with do they have a healthy work life balance or not and i think these questions are very critical for someone to really be able to say hey i think this sounds interesting and i would like to explore it further so that's the idea behind the podcast and the show format is actually very simple what we'll do is on every episode we'll invite someone new uh from a different profession and we'll simply have a nice and long conversation with them if they're in our studio uh hopefully that conversation will be over a glass of wine if not i guess we'll have to let go of the wine but either way the goal would be to try and get as many details as we can about the job and hopefully then someone who's listening to the show can then figure out for themselves does that job sound interesting to them or not so with that introduction i'm going to now introduce our very first guest on this show his name is vishal shrivastav and he works as a product marketing manager with microsoft 
So product marketing manager is actually uh, a fairly popular position with a lot of companies across industries such as technology and retail and hospitality. Pretty much any company that has marketing will have something around product marketing. And uh, I'm sure all of you are familiar with Microsoft. They are the creators of Windows operating system and um, are headquartered in Redmond, which is close to Seattle. And that's where Vishal works. So I'm going to now switch over to Vishal and let him do all the talking. Hey, Vishal, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. So did you just come back from work? It's like 9 p.m. right now. Uh, I came back a little bit early, then I was taking care of a few errands, and I just got back home. Okay, cool. So uh, actually, Vishal and I go back fairly long ago we were actually we were colleagues we were working together and I remember this very funny time when uh Vishal I think you used to sit in the cube next to me and I remember this very funny time yeah when uh, I was sitting in my cube and I could hear someone laughing and trying really hard that no one heard them but there was like this laughter that would come in every few minutes and then I walked into your cube and I saw that you were pretending to work, but you were watching some like weird sitcom on your laptop. Isn't that correct? Well, it was the daily show, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, that was funny. Yeah. So anyway, so as you heard, um, uh, you know, we're going to try and tease out as many details as we can about what you do as a product marketing manager. But before we get into that, maybe you could start out with telling us a little bit about yourself, just so that the listeners know whom they're listening to. Sure. So I can take this uh, many different ways, but uh, in interest of time, what I'll do is I'll keep it in the professional context for now and uh, also try to keep it brief. And if you find anything interesting that you want to get into, we can get into that. So uh, let's do this in a chronological order. I am an engineer by training. Um, I did my engineering um, from Delhi University, passed out in about 2006. And after that, I started at uh, Microsoft India in a, in a product group. I was an engineer there for a few years, um, enjoyed my role. Uh, I always wanted to work on kind of hard problems. And uh, the role that, that I, the engineering role allowed me to do that. So I, I really liked it. Um, and after a few years, I decided I wanted to switch and do something different. And um, I still wasn't in love with technology, so I wanted to stay in technology. Uh, but I just wanted to move from, you know, just the how part of the business of how do we develop a product to, you know, what do we develop. So I moved into a program management role, which is where Sonali and I, we worked together in a different product group. I worked on the... Uh, on, on the office product for about one and a half years as a, as a PM, I think, uh, program manager, or as it, as it is called at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Very fun experience. I don't think I've learned at a higher rate in, uh, at that time in my life before that. So i uh, learned a bunch of new things, uh, got a very good uh, flavor of what being a, a product manager means. Um, and after that, I at, at that time, about, I decided that um, I wanted to um, I wanted to study business. I wanted to come to business school, um, kind of fill the uh, business and management sort of skill set um, as well. So um, 
I came to business school, but right before that, I did a very small stint in, in uh, at a startup, you know, product role. Uh, was something I wanted to really um, do it before I came to business school, just to just to know what it is like. At business school, um, my focus was again. Uh, I think it was a little bit all over the place. Uh, one area of focus for me was uh, venture capital, so. Uh, I was part of a student-run VC fund. I also did um, a couple of stints at, at a couple of VC lo- uh, local VC firms just to see what it is like. Um, it was fun while I did it, uh, but I realized I did not want to do that kind of full-time. So, um, And I've, um, I, I didn't want to go away, get further away from technology. So I came back to the technology industry. Uh, came back to Microsoft, but this time in a in a role of a product marketing manager after business school. So, um, long story short, uh, I've been in this role for a little over a year now, and um, I can I'm happy to talk about it. It's been a pretty fun ride. Tell us a little bit about your decision to join Microsoft as a product marketing manager after business Absolutely. school. Absolutely. So. Um, the way I would put it is that uh, I have always liked to build things. So I think in some ways, in some way or fashion, it's, it's always about building something. And when you're building products, the um, I, I think it's very important to kind of get all the different sides of the equation. You cannot just sit in a um, you know your your own your own world and, and build products. You need engineering. You need operations, you need marketing, you need um, design and all of those things. So I think what I'm doing is kind of just um, consciously or unconsciously just, um, you know, getting all these different experiences where, you know, you have the product at the center and you're getting different perspectives to, um, you know, of all the different functions that it takes to to really build a um, great product. So so far, I've done engineering, I've done um, product management, so to say, mm-hmm. and now um, it's uh, it's marketing. So I, I, I don't know what's next, but I, I think it'll come around. Okay. So okay. go back to a product role. Yeah. yeah. So um, before, so of, of course, you know, I'm going to ask you, what does a product marketing manager do? But before we get into that, is this a role that is specific to technology companies or is it found across other industries also? Not at all. I think this pro- this role is found in many industries. I think any industry in which you build products, whether it's retail, whether it's um, you know, the luxury goods or you know, cosmetics, whatever I see. it is. I see. Uh, okay. Whenever there's a product, there's going to be product marketing. Right. Okay. Yeah, so then uh, I think this is the meat of the podcast, which is uh, what does a product marketing manager do? Yeah, so uh, Sonali, I know you, we, we have talked, <laughs> I know this, this is, that is how we started talking about this and I've thought about this a lot, like how should I describe what a product marketing manager do and unfortunately I haven't, I haven't come to a single definition. Mm-hmm. I have seen many flavors of product marketing. Um, just at Microsoft because there's so many different kinds of products. But let me try to take a stab at um, you know what at an over level, at very high level, what it, what I have found, what it means. I think at a very high level, it's a 
you're at the end so at the very highest level it's a marketing role so when you are marketing it's not only there's there's so many things there's inbound outbound at the end of the day you uh, are can you actually uh, sorry i didn't want to interrupt you but can you describe yeah. what inbound and outbound means sure absolutely so um marketing is about part of it is educating the customer or your target segment and uh, part of it is you know attracting your target segment to become sort of leads right so you're you're trying to generate leads you're trying to generate um contacts of people who may be interested in what you're selling right so when you are looking at traffic coming in or you know your potential customers slash leads coming in then you are looking at inbound and when you are doing the first part of what i said which is educating or advertising whatever you want to call it then uh, that's that's more of an outbound uh, activity i see anyway so yeah going back to what i was saying if we think about marketing uh, product marketing is a is a subset of marketing where you focus on the product instead of focusing on the segment or the target or you know your campaigns or of all the things that come together to be called as marketing you focus on the product and you think about what's the best way in which i can position this product in the market um you develop a value proposition around it you choose the right kind of target segment and then you make sure that you message it the best way to so that it lands it in the the best fashion uh, in your target segment um not only you do that you not only prepare the value proposition you also think about you know how do you prove that you you can say anything but you know you have to prove it as well to um your uh, your your target customer as well so i think at a very high and broad level if you want to see product marketing like across the board i think that's what um it is it's it's more product centric you said focus on the product and think how to best land it uh, in the market especially with respect to all the different competitive products that are out there uh what's your core value proposition what's your core points of you know differentiation and and that's um kind of your go to market strategy so to say so this might be uh maybe this is a hard question to answer off the bat but uh if you were to at a very high level try and structure the different roles that exist within marketing and and then say this is where product marketing sits could you do that sure so um i can try to take a stab at it from uh, the microsoft perspective because that's what i know best Mm-hmm. Uh okay and and then we can extend it by extrapolation to you know technology industry I guess or uh, at least the software industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um I think we started from kind of inbound and outbound right. So um product marketing is uh, is is more of a inbound function uh where you are kind of listening to all the signals from outside and you're you're deciding what's the value proposition what's your messaging and uh and and building these kind of uh materials these marketing materials which are the best way in which you can tell your story to the customer right 
So on the outbound side, you have um, you have a lot of roles on the outbound side, which are you know a, a lot of marketing is done through campaign, which is kind of the vehicle through which um, you know marketing engines run. So there are a lot of roles around communications, around uh, brand advertising, around uh, campaign management. So there is a lot of roles like this which can be bundled up into something maybe which you can call it like marketing communications. All outbound roles, um, it even includes things like digital marketing where you are using your digital assets to you know, tell your, your story, amplify your message on the digital channels. Um, so that's on the outbound side. Uh, we talked a little bit on the inbound side for uh, product marketing managers. Um, there's also roles which are which focus on monetization. At Microsoft, these roles are called business planning, but uh, these roles squarely focus on, uh, all right, we have a piece of technology, we have a product, what's the best way to monetize it? So what should be the pricing around it? What should be the licensing model, the business model around it? Um, what are the kind of promotions that we can run so that we can undercut the competition or be more aggressive or you know, take into account seasonality and all of that. So it's, it's a very analytical um, role. Uh, it's much more strategic. Um, at Microsoft, it's called business planning, as I said, but um, think of it as a, as a monetization or a, or a pricing um, kind of a role. Mm-hmm. So I think these are the broad buckets. There are a lot of fringe roles here and there, which are more um, niche for um, particularly for Microsoft or for this particular industry. If you want, we can get into that. But I think this is how I think about it, broadly speaking. Okay. So, uh, so that was very helpful, Vishal, uh, in terms of in terms of you giving us an idea of the buckets uh, that. Uh, one can expect in marketing overall. Um, so coming back to your role, which is product marketing, uh, just to give a little bit more flavor, uh, could you maybe talk about a project that you may have worked on um, over the last one year, which could be uh, you know fairly descriptive of the kind of things that you can that you do in this job? Sure, I can uh, talk about the project that uh, that's kind of most recent. So, as I said, product marketing is, is more of an inbound role, and uh, sometimes a lot of what you do is not, you know, does not fit in the in what's considered marketing in its you know in its traditional form. So I worked on a on a project for measuring um, the active usage on the product. So let me give you a background on the product I'm working uh, I'm working on a, on a SaaS application it's a business application called uh, CRM online oh sorry uh, when you say SaaS what does that mean oh software as a service so if you've heard of uh, salesforce.com uh, the company so what CRM online is is a competitor of uh, salesforce.com I see okay so right now at Microsoft, we are going through a change of business model. We are going from box software to uh, cloud software and cloud platforms. So as a result of that, uh, we are um, changing a lot of internal as well as external processes where um, you know we, we drive our workflows and actions from uh, you know earlier we would we, we 
would focus on selling stuff. Uh, now we focus more on you know consumption of our uh, of our platform. Right? So we want to align our um, our sales channels to uh, not only selling but also consumption of the service. And the reason consumption and, and usage is important is because uh, if there is no usage, then uh, customers do not have a reason to renew their subscription, which is uh, you know, software as a subscription model. So um, I worked on uh, developing uh, a metric for the business, which is, the, you can think of it as the monthly active usage or daily active usage metric um, it, it, uh, for the entire business, and then rolling it out for um, all of our sales channels, so our own field, our own sales teams. Um, all of, we also sell through partners, so to all of our partners. Um, and uh, a bunch of other sort of internal um, users as well who depend, who will depend, start depending on this metric to see how how well they are performing. Okay, okay. And how long was this project for? Um, like, how long does it take you to do something like this? Yeah, so it's uh, that's a good question. So we took about. Uh, maybe six months to come up with the right definition, uh, apply the right kind of business rules, and uh, bring the business to a place where the metric is agreeable to all the uh, all the stakeholders, both internal as well as external to Microsoft. I see. Um, so about six months of that uh, development rolling out, and after that, I think it's, it becomes more of a ongoing activity to uh, keep updating it and enhance it, enhancing it. I see. I see. And so when you're working on something like this, are you working alone or or are you working in a team? Yeah, I think uh, working alone is a myth. <laughs> that has never happened. Um, no, uh, it's, it's you're always working with a team, but uh, that team is not your own team in the sense that the people you work with, they do not report to you. Uh, most of the people I work with are uh, very senior folks who are um, experts in their own um, domains or functions. So I work a lot with uh, very uh, senior folks from across the company, so not only from sales teams, but also support teams, engineering, service engineering, operations, um, all the possible and functions you can think of you work with their sort of senior people because they are the right stakeholders who are who influence do the work and uh, help you make the right right decision so I see um, I, I would say you are 100% of the time collaborating with uh, a lot of different stakeholders yeah. okay 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 no that definitely helps because um, it's a fairly cross-functional role then um, uh, definitely. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you describe a typical day for us? Um, what kind of activities do you usually end up spending your time in? Yeah. So, um, I would say, so to make progress, um, you are constantly making decisions, and um, as as somebody in my role you are always driving these decisions. So you're collecting inputs from all the different stakeholders, kind of creating, uh, um, you know, you're adding your own inputs to it as well. 
because you are the one who's driving it, um, and you are pushing those decisions um, forward, and so that the project moves on to the next stage. So I think a lot of it is um, communication, um, driving meetings, um, and um, creating a work product that you can use to communicate your vision and your plan in a cogent way to uh, senior folks as well as executives, um, so that you are getting you know the right kind of people in the room at the right time and. Um, decisions in the, in the right way so I would say a lot of um, a lot of meetings a lot of communications a lot of uh, brainstorming um, lots of brainstorming with uh, all these stakeholders there's a little bit of status reporting as well although I personally try to outsource it as much as I can because uh, I want to focus more on getting the work done and um, other than that I think you're also trying to educate yourself because uh, it's such a big company. There are so many different things that are going on and uh, a lot of things impact the work that you're trying to do in unexpected ways and you don't you don't know that. So you're, you kind of have to keep your eyes and ears open and uh, build relationships with some, uh, with, with at least a few uh, people in the team who will always, if you go and talk to them about your work, um, they'll They'll, uh, they, they also kind of become your eyes and ears and they'll uh, put you in touch with other people for whom, you know, for whom it would be good for me to talk to. Um, yeah, so I don't know how much of it was day to day, but uh, I think I covered most of the things which I, or at least activities, I, I end up spending most of my energies and time on. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, so if you were to think of your time as a pie, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and and I'm sure your estimates would be would be approximate, but uh, just just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, if you were to take a guess, how much time, like how much percentage of that pie would go towards simply keeping everyone up to date, what you call status reporting, and then right. how much percentage is just working alone, uh, building out. Uh, some kind of material or doing some research, however you want to structure it. Yeah. So let's think about it. So if I think about working alone and doing the research, I think that's maybe about, um, I would say, 20%. Um, I would say about 60% of it is just um, collaboration with others. So setting up meetings, you know, building relationships and... Um, Kind of setting up your your network in the right way so that you know you have there's a free flow of information um, and you're not getting blindsided about some core thing that you may have missed out. So setting up that network and collaborating in a in a, in a free fashion, I think that's very important. So uh, that's like more than half of your time so gets spent there, and then the rest of the twenty percent is just I think um, you know. Things that uh, things like status reporting, things uh, that you don't maybe are the most thrilled about <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. Right. Um, you know, responding to escalations or um, doing fire drills sometimes because of you know emergency. Uh, 
executive action that somebody needs uh, uh, an update or um, you know, some, something happens, some kind of fire drill. They, they're, they're called fire drills because they happen randomly and for no reason. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, super helpful. So um, what are your working hours like? When do you usually get into office? When do you usually leave? And then maybe you could also give an example of, uh, you know, on a, on a typical day, this is what it looks like. And, and maybe when you have one of these fire drills, as you called it, when you have one of these going on, then how does that impact your working time? Yeah, so I think a typical day, I would say, would be about um, eight to nine hours. Um, on, a, on a typical day, people, depending on your team, you, start, you can either start early or late, however you want to come way you want it so i think a typical day so that's like the median length of the day <laughs> uh, majority of your days would be between eight to nine hours um but whenever there's a fire drill then you can even be working for like 12 hours or 14 hours uh, but that's those are very infrequent and uh, special cases i see and uh, do you also bring work back home uh, I think that's a personal choice. I think a lot of people I see, they do. I personally, uh, it doesn't work for me uh, at a personal level. So I, uh, if it mean, for me, if it means to, you know, stay longer at work and finish it, I would rather do that than uh, bring it back home. So I, I, as a rule, never, you know, bring any work back home. Okay. And you've never felt the need to be working from home either? Um, so if for a personal reason, if I have to stay at home, then I can work from home. Um, I have that flexibility. Um, but, uh, I don't think, uh, I have to, you know, I've never been asked to work when I'm, I'm at home. Um, Microsoft is very good in the sense that it'll, it'll respect the boundaries that you set. You mm-hmm. can, uh, give your, um, 150% will accept it. You can give your 100% will expect it. It will accept that. Um, you can give less than 100%, it will still accept that too. Okay, okay. And uh, is your experience, uh, so a lot of the stuff that you described so far in terms of what a product marketing manager does, is that fairly uniform across most companies irrespective of the size? Um, or is it, uh, or it might vary depending on how big or small a company is? Yeah, I think it depends on uh, how big of a business do you work on. Even within Microsoft, there are businesses which are very big, um, like Office, and then there are businesses which are very small, like the one that I work on, as compared to Office. So um, when you... When you say uh, Office, you mean Microsoft Office? That's correct. Okay. Microsoft Office. Yeah. So if it's if you're working on a big business, then you are definitely much more specialized. It's much more well defined what you do, and it's a very small piece of the pie. Um, if you're in a in a smaller business or in a much more sort of nimble and high growth business, then you're um, it's less well defined uh, what exactly your duties are. You're basically doing a lot of different things. And uh, a lot of it changes over time. Um, so any of the projects that I have done have have they have, they have all been very very 
one of none of them had anything to, to do with any of the other projects that I've done. So you do one project and then um, you don't you, you'll never do another project which has anything like the one you did before. Okay. So um, okay. So yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, that's how I would think about it. Okay. Okay. And uh, what is the typical career path for someone in this role? So, I think the answer is different for different people, uh, depending on the aspiration. Some people want to um, deepen their expertise in one function and grow vertically. Um, a lot of people do that. So, they'll go from product marketing managers to directors to general managers to vice presidents of marketing. And then there are people who want to, you know, grow horizontally. So um, they can go from product marketing to kind of marketing communications or even engineering or something like that. Um, and anything that they want to do uh, so that they are, you know, basically covering all the different kind of functions. Um, I see. As well. I see. Yeah. So, um maybe then a better question would be that having spent some time in this role what what are the key things that you learn which you can then apply in different areas yeah i think the most important thing i would say is um you know i've i've got a very i've got very good opportunities here to understand what it means to run a um a SaaS business, software as a service. So it's a very specialized kind of business. There are a lot of companies out there which uh, follow this business model. And to be able to start from, um, you know, a, a small place and then we have been growing the business. We have basically been doubling our install base every year, every fiscal year since, uh, since the year I started. So um, how do you, you know, start small and grow your business to, size every year so exponentially so what are the different different areas you need to think about in order to grow your business at that rate because uh, it's really you know you, all your all your cylinders need to be firing you cannot the, the weakest link in the chain will basically um, um, you know ruin your chances at um, achieving that growth. So I would say thinking about the business very broadly and um, at a, you know, at, at the level of not just, you know, I'm thinking about the product or thinking about marketing it, but also thinking about the business as a whole. I think that's been, uh, um, that's been very unique and special and I, I, I truly uh, appreciate that experience that I've got. Okay. I think other than that, there's so, there, that's the strategic part. There, there's a lot more, um, a lot of more tech tactical things around how to execute my function. So how do you best tell a story? Um, how do you uh, message and, and prove your value proposition using, you know, there are so many different ways. There's uh, demonstrations, there's, uh, you know, uh, there are conferences, uh, there are evangelism events where you go and speak to an audience. So how do you do all those things? I think you, you learn a lot just by um, doing all those different activities on an ongoing basis. So um, I 
I'd say both at a strategic level and then a lot of uh, tactical things that I've, um, I've learned in the last year. Okay. Yeah, it sounds very, very interesting. So um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit into uh, asking you questions more around uh, your opinion of the role. Uh, because I think uh, we have a fairly good idea now about what the role itself is all about. So um, what do you enjoy the most about working as a product marketing manager? Or And it'll be helpful if you can um, give us an answer from the point of view of, you know, if someone was asking you, um, what are the most interesting aspects of this role? What would you say? I think the most interesting or I should, uh, more than interesting, I would say meaningful part of doing this is the... Uh, um, the impact that you can create and by impact I mean the leverage that you have. I am a single person who's just got a business school and the work that I'm doing basically touches upon every single person whose livelihood in some way or fashion depends on this business. So these are you know a few thousand people at Microsoft and then thousands and thousands of uh, partners um, who depend on uh, Microsoft who, who develops solutions and sells solutions on Microsoft platforms, right? So uh, the work that I'm doing basically touches everybody and um, it also impacts how our all our entire customer base, which is like hundreds and thousands of people, uh, of users, uh, how all of them kind of consume the service um, and um, in, in, in some ways affects the way affects the behaviors that our, um, that our users show to the service. So one person just out of business school um, working through so many different, um, working with so many different teams to um, you know, deliver on a project which touches upon every single person in a very, very meaningful way. It's not in a very small way. It's, it's really, it, it impacts people's um, livelihood on a day-to-day basis of everybody who's involved in this business. So there's a tremendous amount of leverage um, that you get with this role, uh, which lets you, you know, um, deliver impact. And that's what you, that's what you want to see at the, at, at the end of the day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, are there any aspects of the job that are particularly challenging or and actually, it's not the same question. So things that are particularly challenging and things that you do not like as much about the job? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it from a slightly different <laughs> lens. Um, so challenging and something that you do not like, I wouldn't put them in the same bucket. Um, there are sometimes things that I do not like which are not Sometimes there are things which are not challenging, which I, I don't feel it's, it's you know it's, it's worth my time doing doing those. Um, but then there are um, there are challenging areas as well, um, which are not very easy to do. I can talk about those because I think those are more um, sort of meaningful to um, get across. So whenever you are in a in a, in a big company, you kind of um, have to work with a lot of personalities, a lot of um, entrenched um, interests in, in, in different parts of the business. And uh, just to get everybody to, I think 
your aim is not to get everybody to agree, but at least have consensus so that you can push through changes. So I think just have just doing this kind of change management exercise, uh, which touches upon so many different you know individual interests within the within the business. I think that's that's the biggest challenge. Um, it's not very fun when you start, but as you uh, as you start figuring out who are the different players who are involved, you know what are the different kind of uh, levers that you can pull internally to um, you know to drive this change within the business. You as you start to figure this out, um, it definitely gets um, easier and, and and a lot more fun. So I think uh, driving change and just doing this change management exercise and making sure that you know there's adoption for the change that you're driving i think that's the most uh, challenging same time interesting part i see <laughs> there's a lot of learning there yeah 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 i can imagine so um if you were to think about let's say three or four qualities uh that you think a person should have to really enjoy this job or or you know, what kind of person do you think would really have fun doing this role sure so i think one thing is um you have to be comfortable with uh, ambiguity there's just no way around it um nobody's going to come here and tell you you know this is your job and this is how you do it that will basically never happen you'll get a ambiguous problem statement which is not even very well defined um nobody knows how to how to fix it or how to do it uh, you will figure out you know by uh, working with other people coming up with your own using your own creativity coming up with your own idea so first of all you have to be comfortable with uh, ambiguity there is just no other way around it uh, the second is um, you know, if you do not like you have to like working with all sorts of different people um, of different personalities, um, of different, different ways of working. Um, if you if you have to be like very very collaborative and very very cross functional, I think that's um, that's number two. Um, I think number three, I would say, uh, would be leadership. Like you are, you're you're not a small part. You know, you're you're not like a small cog in the in the machine. You are uh, there. You know, the company is hiring you because they see you as a leader who can you know make different people come together and uh, you know make changes to the uh, to the business. So number three is I think you 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 definitely should see yourself as a as a leader. You you don't have to you know be uh, somebody who has a very long track record of being a leader um, but at the same time you, you should not be the person who does not see themselves as ever becoming uh, a leader um, so I think leadership is, is very important in this um, um, a lot of your success would depend on how well um, you know what what kind of leadership you display even at a very sort of entry-level role um, you have to take ownership your leadership um, at every stage of the game and um, drive change as I said 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, so to recap, basically, uh, you said uh, they have to be comfortable with ambiguity. Uh, they should be fairly okay with working with a lot of different kinds of people from different backgrounds. So cross-functional capability. And then lastly, leadership. Okay. Yeah, that's super helpful. Uh, I'm going to now switch a little bit to, to asking you questions uh, from the point of view of someone who might be interested in exploring this role further. So um, what is the typical background for a product marketing manager? So um, that's interesting because there's no typical background for a product marketing manager. I think um, anybody who's who's smart, who understands what the role, you know, who has the right kind of expectations and is interested in doing it uh, would, be a, would be a good fit and you know, generally interested in technology as, a, as an industry as well. Um, the reason I say that is because Besides me, every single person I know from business school who came to Microsoft and maybe 50 of these people, um, I would say 95% of the people have nothing to do with either technology or marketing. We have people who are, or we have people who are in government or not-for-profits or um, auto industry all over the place um, nobody from technology nobody from marketing I think they are just looking for people who uh, are interested in doing this who have um, you know the right set of ingredients um, and, uh, and a willingness to learn mm-hmm. and when you and, say uh, leaders mm-hmm. sorry I, I didn't mean to cut you off go ahead I was just saying, um, you know, be curious to learn new things and, uh, you know, be leaders in, a, in an organization. That's all. Right. And so when you say the the right ingredients, are you referring to those three qualities you mentioned someone uh, should have to really thrive in this role? Right. So I think even if not, even if you don't have a demonstrated sort of, you know, track record of, you know, showing this qualities just because you were in a, in an environment where you, you didn't need it, um, at least you should be open to it and uh, willing to learn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and is there a, so as you said, there is no one typical background. There are people from all kinds of backgrounds uh, who are now doing yeah. very well as product marketing managers. Is there uh, if not uh, an industry-specific background, is there a, 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 an educational background? Not at all, I think. Um, yeah, I, 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 I see people who are PhDs and, you know, we, we don't have any neurosurgeons here, but um, there are people from all sorts of different backgrounds, for sure. Yeah. I see, I see. Okay, very interesting. So, um, are there any resources that a potential job applicant can use? Um, that's a good question. I think um, from a very tactical standpoint, I think uh, those job, um, you know, those job interview sites like Glassdoor and stuff, they give you a good sense of you know what 
an interview may look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's very technical. But if you're starting, you know, if you're just starting, you need to be sort of more strategic with uh, your approach. So I think just learning the basics of marketing, um, just very, very the core tenets of, you know, what marketing is, what segmentation, targeting, positioning is, what the four Bs are. I think that's, that's available. So, so what is the best way to apply? So let's say I'm a job applicant and I, I from based on what you've described, I find the role interesting. Yeah. So how should I go about the job application process? Uh, the best way to apply is to network. <laughs> so you should really find somebody from your own network or you can just call, call on LinkedIn. Find somebody who's in that role that you want, or some, or something which is, you know, as close um, as you can find, and uh, ask them about their job. Uh, tell them about your sort of aspiration, and uh, wait until you hit a point when somebody offers to refer you internally because uh, there's a there's a drastic amount of difference in uh, the same resume when it comes through an online or like a, any, any kind of cold application or if it's uh, if it comes through a, a referral mm-hmm. uh, from an internal candidate so um, right. do the extra go the extra mile do the networking um, get an internal referral and uh, that's really the best shot you have at, uh, um, at, at, at the job don't uh, don't submit your resume online and, and wait for the response because uh, chances are that uh, it's just going to get lost in the thousands of submissions that are made online. Um, recruiters just never. Um, it's it's kind of like a at the bottom of the stack they'll start at the top of the stack, and at the top of the stack you have the uh, candidates who come through internal referrals. So. They might never even get your resume if it's through online channels. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. The other way I have heard about it is uh, people use uh, 
I have never used it, so I can't say it through experience, but I've heard people uh, use uh, consultants. Um, so there are uh, there are headhunting consultants out there. Some of my friends have had success with it, so um, I, I cannot say it from my own experience, but they've had some success with it as well. I see, I see. Still better than applying online. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so we're towards the end of the interview. Um, any parting advice that you would like to share with someone who is considering uh, product marketing management as a potential career path? I think the only advice I would give is just to uh, talk to as many people as you can to know kind of what they do day to day and uh, how do they measure success for themselves? You know, what does it mean to be successful in those roles? And try to fit it, fit that with Thanks a lot, Vishal. This was extremely useful. I think I also learned a lot about what a product marketing manager does. Uh, thanks a lot. This was uh, this was fun for me as well. Always happy to talk about this stuff. And uh, if anybody has any questions, I'm sure uh, we can we can get them answered in the comment section. Yep. Yep. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye, Vishal. All right. So that was Vishal Srivastav guys. I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and found it useful. On the next episode, we have a software engineer from Google who will be sharing a lot of very interesting insights with us. So stay tuned in and have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye.